after praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending the salutations upon the Messenger alayhi salatu wassalam and upon his family and his companions and upon all those who follow upon his guidance into the establishment of the last day to proceed ya ikhwan Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min ilmin la yinfa' wa min qalbin la yakhsha' wa min nafsin la tashba' وَمِن دُعَاءٍ لَا يُسْمَعَ Verily Allah, we seek refuge with you from knowledge that has no benefit, and from a heart that has no fear, and from a soul that has no satisfaction nor contentment, and from a dua that goes unanswered, and from a dua that goes unanswered. So proceed, Ikhwan, فَنُوَاسِلُوا مَعَكُمْ so we continue this blessed and noble day of ours, seeking the aid and the assistance of our Lord, the most merciful and the most compassionate. As we continue to learn and derive benefit from the science of belief, the science of Al-Aqidah. وَنَقْرَأُ وَنَسْتَفِيدُ مِنْ كِتَابٍ عَظِيمٍ مِنْ كِتَابٍ مُبَارِكٍ مِنْ تَعْلِيفِ شَيْخِ الْإِسْلَامِ مُحَمَّدِ بْنِي عَبْدِ الْوَهَابِ إِبْنِ سُلَيْمَانِ الْتَّمِيمِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى So we're reading from, deriving benefit from the book of, or tremendous book, a blessed book, authored by the noble Imam, al-Shaykh, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, at-Tamimi, may Allah have mercy upon him. فَمَنْ يُذَكِرُنَا بِاسْمِ هَذَا الْكِتَابِ Who can mention the name of the book that we're studying, Ikhwan? Usul al-Thalatha. We are Jews, Thalatha to Usul. You can say it both ways. Usul al-Thalatha, or you can say Thalatha to Usul. The three principles. 
And we have arrived at the second portion of the book. Bihamdillahi Rabbil Alameen. Fahafidna min bidaitil kitab ila al thani. So we have memorized, walhamdulillah, from the beginning of the book into the second part or the second portion of the book, insha'Allah ta'ala. فَمَنْ حَفِظَ وَيُرِيدُ أَنْ يَقْرَأْ فَلْيَتَفَضَّلُ So whoever memorized and would like to review and start from the beginning all the way to the last portion, inshallah, then let him begin, inshallah ta'ala. Mm-hmm. 
والرابعة والرابعة فالصبر والصبر إليه الصبر على الأذى والصبر على أذى فيه فيه والدليل قال الله تعالى بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواسوا بالحق وتواسوا بالصبر آمين قال الشافعي هذا لو ما لو ما الله لو ما أنزل الله هذه حجة حجة على خلقه حجة على خلقه إلا هذه السورة لكفته أحسن جميلا جميلا بارك الله فيك أيضا وكمكم الله ميلا بلس في ميلا آنيو طيب قال الإمام شيخ الإسلام محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى اعلم رحمك الله أنه يجب علينا تعلم أربع مسائل الأولى العلم وهو معرفة الله ومعرفة نبيه ومعرفة دين الإسلام بالأدلة والثانية العمل به والثالثة الدعوة إليه الرابعة الصبر على الأذى فيه والدليل قوله تعالى والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خصر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر قال الشافعي رحمه الله صورة العصر قال الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى لو ما أنزل الله حجة على هذه لو ما أنزل الله حجة على خلقه إلا هذه الصورة لكفتهم وقال البخاري رحمه الله باب العلم قبل القول والعمل والدليل قوله تعالى فعلم أنه لا إله إلا الله واستغفر لذنبك سورة الآية سورة محمد فبدأ بالعلم قبل القول والعمل قال رحمه الله تعالى اعلم رحمك الله أنه يجب علينا تعلم ثلاث هذه المسائل والعمل بهن الأولى أن الله خلقنا ورزقنا ولم يتركنا هملا بل أرسل إلينا رسولا طيب نبدأ إن شاء الله تعالى اليوم يا إخوان اكتبوا هذا write this down إن شاء الله تعالى قال الإمام ابن قيم رحمه الله تعالى عن الصبر قال الإمام ابن قيم عن الصبر the great Imam ابن قيم he said a tremendous speech regarding patience he says jihad al-nafs he says having the jihad of one's soul fighting and striving against one's soul jihadun nafs fighting against one's soul striving against one's soul 
is upon four levels. Is upon four levels. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Fighting against one's soul, striving against one's nafs, one's soul. Araba'u maratib is in four levels. Ahadahuma, the first of the four. And yujahidaha ala ta'allum al huda wa deen al haq. Number one, that the servant strives or fights against his soul regarding learning the guidance regarding learning ala ta'allumi al huda regarding learning the guidance wa deen al haq and the religion of truth ala ta'allumi al huda wa deen al haq the servant strives against his soul he fights against his soul Upon learning the guidance and the religion of truth. And you jahida and nafs. He fights against his soul. And you jahida nafs. Ala ta'allumil huda wa al haqqa. He fights against his soul. He fights against his desires, his soul, regarding learning the guidance. And the religion of truth. He continues. He says, which there's no falah, there's no success, there's no salvation for the soul, nor any happiness for the soul in the dunya in which the soul lives and its dwelling place except by way of it. Except that the soul learns the religion or the, the, soul, the servant, the soul learns the guidance. And he learns the religion of truth. He will never be happy. He will never have success. Nor would he have happiness in this life unless he learns the guidance. Unless he learns the religion of truth. So he says, Number one, that the servant fights against himself. Strives against himself regarding learning the guidance. We have to learn how to believe in Allah. Wadin al haq And we have to learn the religion of truth. That which la falaha laha, there's no success. The servant will never be successful in this life nor in the hereafter without it, without guidance, and without knowledge of Al Islam. Wala sa'ada, nor will he be happy, for nor will it be happy. Except with guidance and with knowledge of the religion. Athania, the second level. And you jahidaha alil amali bihi, ba'da ilmi. And you jahidaha alil amali bihi, ba'da ilmihi. Number two, second level. The servant strives against his desire, against his, his soul. 
with regards to working in accordance with the knowledge. After having knowledge, he learns and then he works. So the first level, the soul strives against himself, the servant strives against his soul to learn the guidance and to learn the religion. Second level. And that he strives against his soul with regards to implementing the knowledge that she has, that he has. Third level. The third level. The servant of Allah strives against his soul. Strives against his own self. With regards to giving da'wah. He fights against himself to give da'wah. He strives against his own soul to give da'wah. Teaching others who don't know. Teaching others who may not know. So the first level, he strives against his soul with regards to seeking knowledge. Knowledge of the guidance, knowledge of this religion. Athaniya, second level, yujahidu nafsaha ala al-amal bil-ilm. He strives against his own soul with regards to practicing the knowledge that he has. Implementing the knowledge that she has. And the third level, and yujahidaha ala da'awati ilayhi. Third level, he strives against his own soul in order to give da'wah, in order to teach the people, those who do not know. He fights against his soul, his self, his nafs, in order to give da'wah to Allah. In the last level of jihad, jihad al-nafs, and yujahidaha ala sabr that he fights against himself, he fights against his soul regarding patience. Against uh, with regards to patience, those difficulties that come when you give da'wah to Allah. Any calamity, misfortune, any harm, he's patient. He fights against himself to be patient. And any harm that comes to him from creation. When you give da'wah, when you teach, you call the people to Allah and His Messenger, Al-Islam, that perhaps we have to endure some harm, some calamity, some test and trial, some hardship from creation, from giving da'wah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanahu wa ta'ala then he said a tremendous benefit and the person who is striving against himself he endures all of this any harm any disrespect any name calling any trials and calamities he endures all of that for the sake of Allah he endures all of that for the sake of Allah وأذكر لكم قصة يا إخوان من شيخنا أبي فداء معمر القدسي 
Min Talamidi Sheikh Mupar Rahimahullah. I give you a story, if you will, of our beloved Sheikh Abu Fida Ma'amar al Qatisi from the lands of Al Yemen, from the students of Sheikh Mukbil. He doesn't see, the Shaykh, he doesn't see saying Bismillah out loud is a Sunnah. There are two opinions. One opinion is in the out loud prayers, you say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And then you recite Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So a Shaykh, Hafidullah, he doesn't see that to be a Sunnah. Some scholars say that's the action of Abu Hurairah. Some scholars say the hadith is weak. He used the hadith of Anas. That's in Bukhari Muslim. Mada qala Anas. What did Anas say? Salaytu ma'an Nabi wa Abi Bakr wa Abi Bakr wa Umar wa Uthman wa Ali. Walam sami'atu min ahadihima min ahadihim abadan bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Anas said, I pray with the Prophet of Allah. Anas said, the hadith is in Bukhari Muslim. I pray with the Prophet, alayhi salam. Then I pray with Abu Bakr. Then I pray with Umar. Then I pray with Uthman, and I pray with Ali. One narration says Ali. And he said, I've never heard, and he said, I've never heard one of them say out loud, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So the Shaykh used this hadith to say, the sunnah is that you bake the, the sirran, that you say the Bismillah silently. The brother in front of the door, the sister are trying to come in there. Slaughter over some, inshallah. The Shaykh has the position, that you don't say the Bismillah. You brothers move up some inshallah so the sisters can come in. The young brothers in the back. Uh, what's their names? Come up slightly inshallah so the sisters can come in the back inshallah. Come over here inshallah. So that your sisters can come up. And may Allah bless you all. Yeah, what's your names? Yeah, Mitan. Mitan. Rosh. Rosh. Kaji. Kaji. Harun. Hari. Harun. Harun. Mashallah. Muhammad. Oh, Muhammad looks like Adam from yesterday. <laughs> they got the same face. Alright, you guys can sit in the class with us if you wish. Unless you are doing your own review and uh, memorization, inshallah ta'ala. Then you can memorize as you wish, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah bless you. Alright, so the Shaykh has a position that you say the Bismillah quietly to yourself. As the Prophet of Allah did, Abu Bakr did, Umar did, and Uthman did. And one narration, Ali did. So there was one brother. He differed with the Shaykh. So this other brother, he he differed with the Shaykh. He understood that you say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim out loud every out loud prayer. So the Shaykh didn't have that position. So بعد الصلاة جاء إليه هذا الأخ وصارخ بالصوت. وقال يا شيخ اتق الله أنت من أهل السنة لا تعلمهم الجهرة في صلاة جهرية اتق الله هذا ليس من السنة عليك أن تعلمهم كذا وكذا من حديث أبي هريرة فالشيخ قال جزاك الله خيرا فاستغرب هذا الأخ لعله أراد أن أن يقتل أو أن أن يضرب لا أعلم أو يجادله so the brother comes to the sheikh after the salah the sheikh is making his dicker humble quietly not bothering no one the brother comes, Ya Shaykh, you the teacher here, you the Shaykh, you on the Sunnah, inshallah, screaming, yelling, in the face of the Shaykh, in front of everyone, disrespect, no manners, no honor, putting his finger in the face of the Shaykh, Ya Shaykh, you're wrong, fear Allah, you should, you should teach the people, the Hadith Abi Hurairah, that the, the Messenger of Allah, he's going in, 
And the shaykh looked at him and said, Jazakallah khair. When he said it so calmly and peacefully, istaqrab al-akh, the man was amazed. It looks like he wanted to argue. He wanted to fight and scream and yell and debate. And when the shaykh said it so calmly, may Allah bless him, Jazakallah khair. The man was amazed. And he just left. No arguing. So after the class, some of their brothers said, oh, Shaykh, so the students say, Shaykh, why didn't you teach him? Why didn't you give him the hadith and teach him the, the issues of the ulama, how they differ? Why didn't you break it down to him? So the Shaykh said, from what I saw, he wasn't a student of knowledge. He wanted to argue. He wanted to debate. He wanted to fight and scream and yell. He didn't sit with us in our class, ask the question nicely, present his argument. He said, so for that reason, I was patient. I endured his harm, his name calling, and the likes. So give a da'wah, ya khwan, ahyanan min al-ulama, min al-imma, min talabat al-ilmi, min amat al-nas, alayna an natahammala adhan. وَمَشَقَّةً وَمُصِيبَةً مِنْهُمْ وَهَذَا مِنْ سُنَّةِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالرُّسُلِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالرُّسُلِ الصَّبْر فِي الدَّعْوَةِ الصَّبْر فِي الدَّعْوَةِ Sometimes you see the scholars, the great imams, the students of knowledge, that they endure, they were patient, the prophets and the messengers first and foremost, they were patient with regards to the harm that they received, given da'wah, calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, هذا الأمر من أوامر الله لكن ليس كل شخص يستطيع أن يتحمل الأذى والمشقة. Given da'wah, Harun, like salam, is for everybody. It's a commandment for everyone. But not everyone can do it. It takes patience. It takes endurance. When you're given da'wah, calling the people to Allah and His Messenger, calling the people to Islam, you may face some harm, some difficulty. Some name calling, some ridiculing, some calamities. So you have to be patient. Who can repeat the four levels of jihad? Jihadun nafs. Tfadda. you guys can come here, I guess, inshallah. Uh, no. Number two. Number 
ala masha'atullah wa adal khalq. Masha'Allah, jamilan, jamilan. So the first level of jihadun nafs. Who said these words? Who said this? Ibn Qayyim, Ahsant. He said, jihadun nafs, fighting against your own soul, striving against your own soul, is of four levels. First level, an yujahidaha ala ta'allum al-huda wa din al-haq. First level, you, you fight against your own soul. You strive against your own soul. With regards to learning the guidance and learning the religion of truth. Number two, and you jahidaha alil amli bihin. Number two, you strive against your own soul. You strive against your own desires with regards to working in accordance with the knowledge that you have learned. Wathalitha, number three, and you jahidaha alil da'awa. That you strive against your own soul with regards to giving da'awah. Number, uh, number four, and sabr. And number four, you strive against your own soul regarding being patient. When do you be patient? What's your name again? Uh, Muhammad. No. Akhu Adam. Adam. You look like the brother Adam from last night. Mention uh, uh, an action that you have to be patient. Uh, whenever someone like, uh, whenever like someone's like being, like being like, kind of like racist about your religion. Yeah, mashallah. Someone is talking racist against you, your ethnicity, your background, your culture, talking about your religion. عن الإسلام ونحن من المسلمين هذا صعب أن نسمع إلى مثل هذه المقولات هذا صعب جدا Sometimes you're talking to someone about Islam and they talk bad about Islam It's hard to listen to the likes of their speech So perhaps you want to fight or scream or yell So you have to be patient Sometimes the people talking against the women Oh you sisters, you have to cover and you're oppressed and you guys are this and you guys are that So the women are patient when they're giving da'wah What's another time you have to be patient? When you're waiting in line. When you're waiting in line for what? Anything. <laughs> when you're waiting in line, mashallah, mashallah. What's the time you have to be patient? Mention an action of worship that you have to be patient. Hey, studying the Arabic language. One of our sisters, Uthkuri fi'lan min Mention an action from the actions of worship in which you have to have patience. Fasting. Making dua. What about fasting, Ikhwan? La yumkin ahadun minna an yasuma illa bi sabr. Biduni sabr hadha la yumkin evident. None of us can fast without patience. No one on the face of the earth is going to be able to fast. That's correct fast. Without being patient, yeah, Juan. Making dua. And the man do fina al istijal. Wahada lisa bisahi. Alina bisabar. Alina bisabar. Sometimes we make dua. We want what we're asking Allah for right now. Right now. We have to have patience, yeah, Juan. La Buddha mina sabar. There's a must to be patient. Tayyip. Any of our sisters recite, memorize from the beginning of the book that wants to recite? As we started slightly early today, 
So the brothers already recited. Anyone wants to recite from our sisters? فبدأ May Allah bless you and raise you and your knowledge. Waman min ghairiha, anyone else from our beloved daughters, our beloved sisters who have memorized also? May Allah bless you all, Yahweh. May Allah bless you all. Only one of our sisters today. Oh. Thalafi 
Lavas, lava. I sent you from Allah. May Allah earn you also ilman wa khuluqan wa adaban in your knowledge, in your manners, in your character. Wa ghayrihima. Anyone else besides those two? Ta'ir. Hafid Sa'anta, you memorize? Tfadla. We arrived here from yesterday, inshallah. So, so far, we memorized this was yesterday's class. No, may Allah have mercy upon you. That is obligatory upon every male Muslim and every female Muslim. Ta'allamu thalati hadihi al-masail wal-amalu bihin. 
to learn and have knowledge of three issues, three affairs, and to work by them. In the beginning of the book, he said it was obligatory to learn how many? Four. Now he says three. And to work by them. The first of the three. We have to know that who created us, Luqman? Allah. We have to know that Allah created us. And He provided for us. And He did not leave us alone without a purpose. But rather, He sent to us a messenger. So today's new part is as follows. I'll say it, you say it. I'll say it, you say it. Bel arsala ilayna rasulan. Bel arsala ilayna rasulan. Faman ata'ahu. Faman ata'ahu. Faman ata'ahu. Faman ata'ahu. Dakhla al-jannah. Dakhla al-jannah. Faman ata'ahu. Faman ata'ahu. Dakhla al-jannah. Dakhla al-jannah. Wa man asahu. Wa man asahu. Dakhla al-nar. Dakhla al-nar. وَالدَّلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ رَسُولًا شَاهِدًا عَلَيْكُمْ كَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ رَسُولًا فَعَصَى فِرْعَوْنُ الرَّسُولَ فَأَخَذْنَاهُ أَخْذًا وَبِيلًا سُورَةُ الْمُزَمَّلِ So now the Imam continues. He says, وَلَمْ يَتْرُكَنَا حَمَلًا Allah did not leave us without a purpose. بَلْ أَرْسَلَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا But rather, He sent us a messenger. فَمَنْ أَطَاعَهُ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ So whoever obeys him. Who is the him talking about? The messenger. فَمَنْ أَطَاعَهُ Whoever obeys him. Meaning the messenger. دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ He will enter into the jannah. وَمَنْ أَصَاهُ And whoever disobeys him. One of our sisters. Who is the him going back to? The Messenger, the Prophet of Allah. Whoever disobeys the Messenger, دَخْلَ nara will enter into the fire. Then he uses his proofs. كَمَا قُلْنَا فِي بِدَايَةِ مِنْ جِمَالِ هَذَا الْكِتَابِ بَعْدَ أَنْ يَذْكُرَ الشَّيْءً مُبَاشِرَةً يَذْكُرُ أَدِلَّةً يَذْكُرُ أَدِلَّةً So from the beauties of this book, whatever you feel about the Imam, some people talk about the Imam and they accuse him of this and this and this and they say he makes takfir of Muslims Whatever you feel about the great Imam, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, from the beauties of this book, whatever he says, he gives you a proof from Quran and Sunnah after it. Yadkuru Qawlan, he gives you a position, and then right after it, he gives you his proofs. Wahadam in Sha'anil A'imma, and that's from the qualities of the Imams. Yadkuru Shay'an, Walahum Mawkifan, or Mawkifun, Thumma Yasadilu Bil Ayah, or Yasadilu Bil Hadith, Wahadam Adin. Whatever their positions are, they mention a point, they mention their position, and then they say, Allah said. They say, the Messenger of Allah says, and we can learn a lot from those manners. You have a position, what's your proof of that position? Whatever it is, 
try to have yadlil min al-kitab wa sunnah walaw tahuk ra'saka even if you scratch your head try to have your proofs from the quran and the sunnah mahma kana min al-mawaqif whatever your position is naqul an al-islam kamil we say islam is complete islam is complete ain't it delay what's our proofs i sent allah ta'ala says اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم الآية صورة مائدة الله تعالى says on this day I have completed for you my favor my bounty upon you to the end of the ayah نقول أن الله واحد we say Allah is one what's our proofs قال الله تعالى قل هو الله أحد الله تعالى says Satan or Muhammad Allah is one نقول يجب على المسلم أن يصلي خمس صلات في كل يوم وليلة. We say it's obligatory upon the sisters to pray five prayers. This question is for our sisters. Ain't a dilly. Where is a proof that it's obligatory to pray five prayers? Huh? One of y'all mentioned hadith. MashaAllah. Who said that? What? Say it again. Raise your voice. I was reading this. Or oh, maybe perhaps that's the, the proof. What what is it? Raise your voice. Uh, I thought you said something that's mm-hmm. not I sent. May Allah bless you. One of our sisters, what's the proof that you have to pray five prayers? What's the proof, look man? What's the proof, Muhammad? Ah, close. Say to them, O Muhammad, Allah is one. Prayer's not mentioned there, but good try. May Allah bless you. One of our daughters, a proof that you have to pray five prayers. We need some girly uh, punishment workouts for the sisters. We give the brothers push-ups. When the girls go in the back, maybe they have a jump rope. Or they can do, what can they do, Muhammad? They can do some, uh, some crunches or something like that. Huh? Hafidhu ala salawati wa salati al-usta. Surat al-Baqarah. Allah Ta'ala says, and preserve your prayers. All the salah and the middle prayer. The ulama of tafsir, they say, was salat al-wusta, surat al-asr. And the middle prayer, the intent here is surat al-asr. So you could say that. That ayah is a strong proof that you have to pray five salah. What's another proof here, Khua? And those who believe in the unseen, and they establish the salah. There are many proofs here, Khwa. What's the proof? What's uh, Surah, Khwa? Surah Verily, the salah has been ordained upon the believers at certain prescribed times. You can say that. That's more for the times of the prayer. You can connect that with some tafsir. You could do that. What's another proof? And establish the salah in the daytime and in the two times at night. And what's surah? Surah to ah? Surah to hu. Jamil and Asanti. What's the proof that we have to believe in the books of Allah? Men Rabbihim? Wal Mu'minu? Kul Amana Billahi? Wa malakati wa kutubi. Arsent, arsent. Surah Al-Baqarah. 
There are many proofs here, Juan. These are just some small drills I would love for you to practice. You see one another, hey! <laughs> Never mind. That's, I'm imagining somebody came in. You say, hey, Yahi, and just ask a question. Not arrogantly, that's haram. Not, oh, let me show Khadija, I'm stronger than her. She thinks she's the Umm Salim of Masjid Abdul Salam? No, I'm the Umm Salim of Masjid Abdul Salam. Not like that, yeah, Khuan. That's haram. However, to have the good munafasa, to have the good competition for one another, like Omar used to do with Abu Bakr. That's allowed. That's praiseworthy. Abu Bakr wasn't really competing, that was his natural, but Omar was trying to keep up with Abu Bakr. That happens. You see the brother memorizing after the fajr. You're sleepy, but you're trying to keep up with him. You see the sister memorizing after asr. You're tired, but I'm trying to catch the sister. So you use that motivation. That's tremendous. So you ask a question about Islam. You say, مثلاً, give me a hadith that shows the importance of the intention. These are from the hadith Umar. These are from the best ways to make the knowledge fresh. That you ask each other questions. And it also brings the hearts together. It also brings the hearts together. In Yemen, from the beauty of Yemen, we, we, I've never seen no place like this. Even the children, when you pass by them, they say, Hey, Abu Abdullah, Hati Fa'ida, Fa'ida, Fa'ida. He's eight or nine years old. He says, Hey, give me a benefit. You're 11. Naam, hat, hat. You say, The heavens are seven. He says, Jazakallah khayra. Have a good day. Our beloved brother Nafir, one of the fa my favorite children I've ever met to this day. Like Lukman or the brothers Adam and Hamza and Yusuf. Every time you see this beloved brother, this child, he will say, Hati hadith. Give me a hadith. At this time, he memorized Bukhari. He was memorizing the Salihin. He memorized a part of Muslim. Strong child, Hafidahullah. He wants you to tell him the hadith, and he's going to tell you who narrated it and what book is it. And if he can't, he's going to leave and go do some research. And when he sees you again, he's going to tell you. So he says, Hati Hadithan, Hadithan, 11 years old. Allahu Akbar. His name was Nafir. Nafir means someone that's beneficial. And look at him. Allahu Akbar. He was a hati hadith and hadith, hadith, hadith. Give me a hadith. And then you mention whatever hadith you wish. He's going to say, Oh, that's an easy one. That's collected by Bukhari, narrated by Aisha. Shukran. Just one hadith a day. You see him again. I would always see him in the store with the bread. I think he liked that bread. Mashallah. He was always at the bread store. You pass him by, Hey, Abdullah, hadithan. Give me a hadith. He said, Call Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. You see, the Prophet of Allah said, the believer is a mirror to another believer. It's another proof that we shouldn't talk bad about each other. We shouldn't look down upon one another. We shouldn't scoff and mock at one another. Your brother is a mirror to you. If he's successful, you're successful. If he fails, you fail. The sisters are memorizers. The sister to another sister is a mirror. The brothers are memorizers. The brother to another, another brother is a mirror. Right, let's take some of benefit, inshallah, ya ikhwan. So he says, Whoever obeys him, who is the him? The Messenger of Allah will enter into the Jannah. 
Asahu Dakhalanara, whoever disobeys him went into the hellfire. Then he says the most important what Dilinu and the proof to this. That first part is from him. Then he brings his proof. Fadla. And he did not leave us. He didn't just leave us wandering haphazardly without a purpose. Allah didn't create us and then just leave us. No. But rather, He sent us messengers. He says, And the proof to this. It's the statement of Allah, Inna arsalna ilaykum rasulan, shahidan alaykum. Verily we. Who is the we when Allah says it? Yeah. Hey, it's the, the, the royal we. The we of honor, nobility, showing, uh, showing prestige and merit to Allah. Verily we, meaning Allah, we have sent to you rasulan, shahidan alaykum, a messenger, as a witness upon you. Just as we sent to Fir'aun a messenger. Who did Allah send as a messenger to Fir'aun? Musa. I sent him. But Fir'aun disobeyed the messenger. So we, meaning Allah, we seized him with a severe chastisement. Perhaps we could do the second part also. We don't have this class again until uh, next Jumu'ah. The Surah Thalath is going to be three days. Jumu'ah was Sept wa Ahad. The day of Jumu'ah, the day of Saturday, and Sunday. So we can give a little more homework tonight as we don't have class for almost a week uh, to Friday. Any of our sisters have any questions they want to add? Fadali. And the messenger, and the prophet is not. And so my question is, I was thinking about the story of Yus and he was because he lost his people. He was punished by being swallowed by a whale. So if he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a messenger. So why, why did that happen? Our sisters. Taylabas. Hell. Yusuf alayhi salatu salam Rasulun wa nabiyun Or nabiyun faqat Is Yusuf alayhi salatu salam a messenger Only Or was he a prophet and a messenger Yunus 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 Was he a prophet of Allah and a messenger Or only a prophet of Allah Messenger of prophet Messenger the same way you are different? The scholars do. Some scholars say he's only a prophet. But the correct is that he's a prophet and a messenger. He's a prophet and a messenger. Huh? Hey, but what's, how are you using that to say he's not a messenger? Hey, some scholars say he's only a prophet. Some say he's a prophet and a messenger. Warajih Athani. And the second. Uh, I thought there was only five messengers. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
They're not only five, they are the most elite of the five. Then that's a good question, Yahwan. How old are you? Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes you can be knowledgeable and still ask questions that are beneath your level. That happens. But usually, you can tell where someone is from their questions. Like this, this is a question. I don't know how old this sister is there, but that's a good question, regarding Yunus. Like the young brother said also, I thought there were only five prophets. Some people think that. Some people think there are only 99 names of Allah. And they use the hadith to support. But there are other hadith. There are other hadith. You can't usually derive from one hadith only unless there's only what? Unless there's only one hadith. If there are multiple hadith, If there are numerous hadith, before you make your ruling or your judgment, you have to look at the hadith. Nothing contradicts anything in Islam. Either you're wrong, or the way you're understanding it is wrong, or something has been abrogated. مِثْلُ قَدِيَةِ الْحِجَامَ Like the issue of, can you get the hijama while you're fasting or not? الْعُلَمَ يَخْتَلِفُونَ The scholars differ. يُجَدُ حَدِيثًا There are two or a few ahadith. وَحَدِيثٌ واحد نَهَ النَّبِيَ عَلَيْهِ صَلَىٰهُ وَسَلَامُ الْحَاجِمُ وَالْمُحْتَجَمُ طيب. The one narration, the Prophet is prohibiting the one who is doing the hijama and the one that is receiving the hijama. Hadith Thoban. That's in Imam Abu Dawood. There's another hadith in which the Messenger of Allah, Hadith Ibn Abbas. رَأَى النَّبِيَ عَلَيْهِ صَلَىٰهُ وَسَلَامُ وَهُوَ الصَّائِمُ he said, I saw the Messenger of Allah while he was fasting and he was receiving the hijama. So it looks like there's ta'arud. It looks like there's some contradiction. In one narration, he's prohibiting the one, he says, the one who's getting the hijama and the one who is doing it, that they break their fast. And then the Messenger of Allah was seeing himself while he was fasting, getting the hijama. It looks like there's a contradiction. But there are two ways to understand it. There's nothing that you aridu shay'an or shay'un, shay'an akhar fi hadhi sharia abadan. There's nothing that contradicts anything that's authentic in this legislation that contradicts something else. It's impossible. Islam will not be Islam. All the Muslims will be liars. There's no contradiction at all. Either a few things are there. Number one, you're wrong. Whatever you understand, you're wrong. Simple as that. Like it who likes it, hate it who hates it. Your understanding is wrong. Number two. This first hadith is authentic. Second hadith is weak. There's no contradiction. You can't use that weak hadith. It's weak. Third possibility. This is abrogated by something else. So nothing contradicts anything in Islam. Like this issue here. Who can understand? One narration the Prophet of Allah is prohibiting the person from uh, receiving the hijama while he's fasting and from doing it. Not the way of today. You know the modern hijama of today? Not like that. The hijama of the, uh, back in the day. Well, who knows the difference? Look man. 
Hey, now they got some devices. You're not sucking it out. Back in the day, the hijama was different. Now you have, you have those, you, you, you cut the hair or whatever body part you're doing with the razor. You light the, the, the match, put it in the cup. The fire burns for a couple seconds, it blows out. And then you put the cup that's heated with the fire on the area that you, that you cut. And then the, the heat is gonna absorb the dead blood cells and then you're gonna see the clumps of blood coming out. So that's different, that's today. Back in the day, it wasn't like that. How did they used to do the hijama back in the day? Who knows? They used to suck it out. They had those, back in Africa, in those lands there, mashallah, uh, they had those straws that it has something in the middle of the straw to stop the blood from coming up into your throat. But sometimes some will come. As you're sucking the person's blood up, you still can suck some of his blood. So for this reason, the Prophet of Allah is saying, the one that's sucking, they're doing the hijama, the original hijama, when you, you don't see it nowadays, when you suck the blood up. So there's a chance you can swallow, while you're fasting, some of that blood. And there's nothing you can do. There's something to stop the blood, to stop it in the straw in the middle. But it's not, it's not fortified like that. You still suck up some of the blood sometimes. And the one who's getting the hijama done, there's a chance that, while you're getting the hijama, what happens naturally? You become weak, your blood is leaving your body, so there's a chance you can break your fast. So the first understanding of the hadith is that that hadith was mentioned, but the second hadith of the Messenger of Allah abrogated, his action abrogated his speech. He prohibited the one from receiving the hijama, he also prohibited the one from getting the hijama done while they're fasting. And then later on, he was seeing himself getting the hijama done while he was fasting. Some scholars say, The first way to understand it. His action wiped away his statement. What he said was one time, and then his action abrogated that. Some scholars say that from them, uh, that's his opinion. There's another way to look at it also. That that doesn't wipe it out, it doesn't abrogate it. But what the Prophet meant, Ali Sallam, not that it yufutiru, not that it oh yufutir, not that it breaks your fast, but it can make you break your fast. It can lead to breaking your fast. The other day we were working out a little bit Qubayla al-Iftar, right before iftar time. And one of the brothers, he bowed out quickly. We did some workout and he didn't want to continue out of fear, he could break his fast. That's why it's not recommended to work out while you're fasting. It's allowed, but it can lead to you breaking your fast. The scissors outside, they're jumping rope right before Maghrib. That's allowed. They're doing Alabatatajimha. They make their little song up while they donate, you know, alhamdulillah. That's allowed. No one can say that. Khadija says, Oh, stuck for Allah. So now Khadija bows out. This is a lie. I'm about to break my fast. From the exhaustion, from the working out. So it's allowed generally, but it can lead to breaking your fast. Some say this is what the Messenger of Allah meant. Not that it breaks your fast. It can lead to breaking your fast. No. Similarly with the second explanation, the Prophet Allah had strengthened him, maybe the way he did not 
Hey, so this is different. The Prophet, he was, had the strength of 30, 40, 50 Samad men. He can get the hijama done. Like, you brothers, close your ears for a second, inshallah ta'ala. Al-Rajalu al-Ladhi mutazawwaj. Wa yumkinuhu an yahtamilu shahawatuhu. Fa yuqabbilu zawjatuhu. Fa idha indahu quwa, la haraja, la haraja. Lana lahu quwa. You young sisters also close your ears. The man that has a wife, the wife that has a husband, she has strength to control her desires. The man has strength to control his desires. So he gives the wife a hug while he's fasting. He kisses her while he's fasting. She kisses him while she's fasting. She can control herself. She has strength. There's no harm in that. لكن إذا ما عندها قوة لعل هذا مكروه إذا ما عندها قوة لعل هذا مكروه But, one more minute. The man has no strength. He can't control himself. The woman can't control herself. She kisses her husband, she breaks her fast. He kisses his wife, he breaks his fast. In this regard, it's hated for someone that can't control themselves to do something that can lead to breaking your fast. That's hated. So if you look at it like that, anything you do, you can take your hands down, may Allah bless you all. Anything you do, if it can lead to the breaking of your fast, then it's hated to do it. It can be allowed generally, but you may not can control it, for example. So in this regard, you shouldn't do it. Shu'ab is outside trying to get his jump shot together. He's just trying, 200, 200. I'm gonna make one of these shots, Bismillah. He's almost there. Bricks again, another brick, one more brick, and he doesn't give up. But he's getting tired and tired and tired. And it's almost time. From to break his fast. So out of fear that he's gonna break his fast, he stops. Someone else comes, he has strength, he's used to it. So one can be allowed for one and hated for someone else. So it depends on the person. Everyone's huwa is different. Everyone's strength is different. No. So some scholars say back to our sister's question that Eunice was a prophet. Some say that only. But the strongest opinion is that he's a prophet and a messenger, like Yusuf. Back to the young child's question, there's more than five messengers. At any rate, they are the most honorable of the five. Wallahu alam, Muhammad, Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, and Nuh. No. Is there more prophets than mentioned in the Quran? Are there more prophets that are mentioned in the Quran? The answer is yes. Allah mentions generally the prophets and messengers, but only Allah knows the number. Only Allah knows how many prophets and messengers did Allah Ta'ala send to mankind. We only know the ones Allah told us about. But we believe in all of them. Even the ones that we don't know. Even the ones we've never heard about. Just like the angels. How many angels are there? Only Allah knows. We only know the ones that Allah told us about. But we believe in all of them. The ones that we know and the ones that we don't know. Just like the books. How many heavenly books did Allah send down to mankind? Five? Four? Our sisters? How many books? Five? Only five? Four? Allah knows best. The ones that we know are senti. There's a difference here, Ikhwan. Like the hadith, Allah has 99 names. Whoever memorizes them to the end. Some Muslims think only Allah only has 99 names. 
No. That's the 99 names that we know of. There are more names than that. There are other hadith when the Messenger of Allah says, Oh Allah, I ask you by the names, uh, by your lofty names, the names that you have taught us and the names that you kept with yourself. So this shows Allah Ta'ala has more names than the 99. So it's one thing to read the hadith, it's another thing to understand them correctly. For example, Taya. Anyone else here, Khwar? So let's do Fadl Sheikh. So that's a good point. Our brother says, Wa alaikum salam wa tabarakatuh. Give the brothers and the sisters there our salams. Keep up the good work. May Allah bless you also, Shaykh. And you give the brothers and sisters where you are the salams from us also. There are some that say, Ikhwan, مثل هذه القطوب فقط للعلماء ولطلبة العلم وهذا القول لكن هذا ليس بالصحيح. There are some, even some scholars they say, and some students they say, that the books of Bukhari and Muslim and Abu Dawood and Imam Malik is Mawatta and Al-Bayhaqi and they count the books of Hadith Nasai, At-Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, that the, Ibn Khuzayma, Ibn Hibban that these books are only for the scholars and only for the students of knowledge however where is that at? some people say that we're not arguing their position we're asking where did they get that from? Al-Bukhari in the Makataba Kitabahu Sahih. Hal Kala Anna Hada Kitabi Aksidu Bihi Annahu Lil Ulama Wali Talabatil Ilmi Ajwabula. Bukhari himself. Let's use Bukhari as a proof. Not as a proof. As a as a strengthener of our argument. Himself, when he wrote his book, did he say, I'm writing this book with the intent that this is for the scholars and the students of knowledge only? Al-Imam Ahmed, when he wrote his Musnad. Is he saying, I'm writing this book for the students of knowledge and the scholars only? Imam Muslim, when he wrote his book, did he say this is for the scholars and the students of knowledge only? Imam Al-Bayhaqi, when he wrote his book, did he say this is for the scholars and the students of knowledge only? Imam Malik, when he wrote his book, People can say this is only for the scholars. But if you really look at it, قال البخار رحم الله تعالى باب الذهاب إلى الخلاء Bukhari says, chapter, how to relieve oneself in the bathroom. Is that only for the scholars and the students of knowledge or for all of the Muslims? All of the Muslims. You look at his chapter titles. Likewise Muslim, likewise the Tirmidhi. When you look at their chapter titles, where do you understand Bukhari's understanding from? I gave you this benefit when I first met you some time ago. Where do we understand Bukhari's fiqh? Where do we get it from? What, what book did Bukhari ever explain? Does Bukhari explain books? The answer is no. You're not going to find the Sharah of Al-Bukhari. 
If anyone says, عندي شارح للبخاري إما هو جاهل أو هو كاذب أو هو ضال مدل أو هو شيطان وعلى كل هذا خطأ Anyone who says, I have the explanation of Bukhari written by him Either he's ignorant or he's lying or he's misguided or that's shaitan himself Bukhari didn't write no explanation so where do you get his, his understanding from? Somebody take this benefit. Men You get what he understood from his chapter titles. Not all of the Imams write chapter kadha wa kadha. But a few of them did. Bukhari, Tirmidhi, An-Nasai, Al-Imam Malik, Al-Bayhaqi, Abu Dawood, Wa ma fa'alahu Muslim. Muslim didn't do this. So when you read Muslims expert uh, Sahih, when it says chapter, that's not from Muslim. Pay attention. When it says chapter, that's not from Muslim. Usually that's Imam Anawi or other scholars who inserted a chapter title there. Muslim used to write like Imam uh, Ibn Taymiyyah. He would write a book, part of it today, pick it up tomorrow and just continue with no chapter title. Usually the chapter titles that are there are from one of his students that added it later on. Muslim was the same way. He wrote the books, Kitab al-Salah, Kitab al-Tahara, Kitab al-Iman, Kitab al-Hajj, Kitab al-Nikah. But the chapter titles are not from Muslim. Bukhari was different. Bukhari wrote his own books, Kitab al-Tahara. And then he wrote the recommendation of wiping the body part three times. That's his own chapter titles from himself. So he's giving you what he understands. That's why many scholars prefer Bukhari. He's teaching with hadith and fiqh. That's why many scholars prefer An-Nasai. He's teaching with hadith and fiqh. That's why many scholars prefer Abu Dawood. They teach you with hadith and fiqh. At any rate, you get the understanding of Bukhari in his chapter titles. Pay attention to his chapter titles. Like here in our book we learned today, yesterday. Bukhari says what? What did he say? Babu al-ilmu qabr al-qawli wal-amal That's a chapter title in his sahih Chapter, knowledge, comes before speech and action That's from himself Then he gives you where he got it from Wad-dalilu Qala Allah Ta'ala Fa'alam annahu la ilaha lallah Wastafuli dhanbik Suratu Muhammad He says, am I proof to this chapter title? Allah says, no, O Muhammad None has the right to worship except Allah and seek the forgiveness of your sins and the, and the sins of the believing men and the believing women to the end of the ayah. So Bukhari derives from this verse that knowledge comes before speech and action. So pay attention to the books of hadith and also to the chapter titles, especially in Bukhari. I'll give you a book that perhaps you sleep on, ya ikhwan. It's a tremendous book. The Sun of Imam An-Nasai. One of the best books you're going to read in hadith. Some scholars say he was afqahu min Malik. Some scholars say he was more understood than Imam Malik. Some scholars say he was ahfadu min Muslim. That he was more memorized than Imam Muslim. And Imam Muslim was tremendous. Some say Nasai was higher than Muslim. They differ. But as far as what book is one of the easiest books to study in hadith, you would have to say Sahih Muslim. One of the easiest laid out books you're going to study. How he laid it out so beautifully. Bukhari's book is a little hard. At any rate, back to Abil Sheikh's position, or question rather. 
the books of hadith, although some people say that, some countries, especially in India and Pakistan, they teach their students, no, you can't read Bukhari, you can't read Muslim, you can't read Tirmidhi, you can't read the Mawatta, you can't, you can't, you can't. They say, why not? Because you're not a shaykh. And then you find many of the students, they don't read them. Because that's what their scholars teach. However, when you look at Bukhari, maybe tomorrow we'll read some chapters of Bukhari, inshallah. And you see these chapters are not for the scholars only. Teaching you how to make wudu. Do the ulama need to know how to make wudu only? Or does every Muslim need to know how to make wudu? Every Muslim, yeah. So although some people say that, the correct is that, that's not why they wrote their books. They wrote their books to teach the Islamic ummah. What did the Prophet of Allah say? And they made these ahadith, made it easy, giving it chapter titles, mentioning the hadith in that chapter, to make it easy. Now you can come, all the hadith in tahara, all the hadith in marriage, all the hadith in wudu, all the hadith in salah, according to this great imam. And we're not saying that they're infallible. We love the ulama, but we love them with a religious love, ya ikhwan. So we'll stop there, inshallah. I say that statement there, we love whoever said it. Lakin huwa laysa bi sahih, but it's not correct. The correct opinion is that Bukhari, Muslim, Tirmidhi, Abu Dawood, Bayhaqi, An-Nasai, Ibn Hibban, Ibn Khuzayma, and the likes, they wrote their books not for the scholars only, not for the students of knowledge only. Imam Ahmed, how can we forget Imam Ahmed? They wrote their books for the entire Muslim Ummah. So benefit from the likes of these books. That would be a nice class to start off with, Yaquan, that we didn't do yet. We didn't add that to our program. A hadith class. Where we take some hadith, inshallah ta'ala, and we try to memorize them. Some small narrations together as a group. Our sister has her hand up. Tafadali, inshallah. May Allah bless you. Good question. Do we need teachers? Yes, we need teachers. And The origin memorize this is not that you learn from books. That's not the origin. The origin is that you learn, as a sister is saying, from teachers, from the scholars, from the students of knowledge, from the imams, from teachers. That's the origin. But you can benefit from books. If you read a book and the book is correct, If you read a book and the book is correct and you have an okay understanding of Islam, your mind is intact. You're not too far to the right, too far to the left, and you don't take nothing away, and you don't add nothing to it, then perhaps you're going to understand what the author is saying, inshallah. But that's not the origin. But it's a difference between reading a book, benefiting, and studying. Some people say, I teach too hard, too difficult, because I ask questions, I ask you to write down, I ask you to recite something back, memorize, and some people just lecture you. As for myself, I didn't learn that. So I don't lecture Yaquan. I'm not the best lecturer anyway. I like to focus on learning. I like to make sure when you leave, someone got something out of this. He can go practice Islam, teach his brother, teach his wife, teach his child. So I don't really lecture. 
Lectures are one thing, classes are something else. At any rate, at any rate, Al-Asul Akhdul Ilmi min Al-Kutub. The origin is not that you just go buy a book and read it and seek your knowledge like that. And don't go to the classes, don't go to the ulama. No, that's not the origin. The origin is that you study with the people. كَمَا فَعَلَ صَحَابَ مَعَ النَّبِينَ كَمَا فَعَلَ أَتَّابِعُونَ مَعَ الصَحَابَ كَمَا فَعَلَ أَتْبَعُ تَابِعِينَ مَعَ التَّابِعِينَ كَمَا فَعَلَ الْإِمَامَ أَمَّا مَعَ أَتْبَعُ تَابِعِينَ Like the companions did with the Messenger of Allah Like the Tabi'un did with the companions Like the followers of the Tabi'un did with the Tabi'in Like the great Imams did with the Atba'u Tabi'in And it's not correct the way some of the people say كَانَ النَّبِينَ لَهُ مَذْهَبٌ they say Jibril was the pro Jibril was the meth the method of the Prophet of Allah. That's incorrect, Yahwan. How can you say Jibril was the method of the Prophet? Some people try to say you need a madhab. It's obligatory to take a madhab. And then they say the Prophet had a madhab. And that's false, Yahwan. How did the Prophet have a madhab, Yahwan? Faldo, yeah, Akhi, may Allah bless you. So, in your opinion, would you rather have somebody teach you or would you rather read a book? I hope, I hope, I hope I would rather have a teacher. What's the reason, ya ikhwan? Al-kitab la yusawibuka inda al-khata. Al-kitab la yas'aluka hal anta tafhamu? The book, we have the book of Surah Tarathi. If I'm reading the book in the corner by myself, the author, the book is not going to say, Hey, Naeem, hal anta tafhamu ni amla? Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you or not? The book can't do that. If I'm wrong, the book can't correct me. If I'm wrong, the book ain't going to say, Hey, 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 hey. The book is not going to say, Come back, yaqi, come back. Slow down. Memorize this. Write this down. Give me two examples. The book is not going to do that. How many times you read a book and you think you have it? Allah Ta'ala says, Li Musa wa Harun, Idhabayla Fir'auna, Balata Khafa, Inni Ma'akuma, Al Ayah. Allah Ta'ala says, talking to Musa and Fir'aun, talking to Musa and Harun, go to Fir'aun, Walata Khafa, and don't be afraid. For Inni Ma'akuma, for verily I, Allah, I am with you both. Some people say, hey, Allah is with Musa and Harun. Moose and Harun were on the earth, so Allah is on the earth. They're reading the Quran. That's an incorrect understanding. That's an incorrect understanding. The book is not going to say, hey, what's your understanding here? But the teacher is there to, if you have a question or if you're wrong, he's there to correct you. So this is the origin. When the companions were wrong, the Prophet was there to correct. When Omar was wrong and he thought the Messenger of Allah died, Abu Bakr is there to correct him. Abu Bakr is not his shaykh, but this is an example. Abu Bakr is there. He's there to correct Omar's misunderstanding. Omar didn't make that up. However, he was incorrect. He was incorrect. Abu Bakr is there to correct him. Abu Bakr is there to correct him. But the books can't do that. So nowadays you find many of the students, they study Arabic and they don't come to the classes. They just buy the books, study the books, and that's good. But if they're wrong, the book is not there to correct them. Mm -hmm. no. Hey, accent. 
proved to that, Allah Ta'ala sent to kulli ummamin rasulan. He sent to every nation a, a messenger. Yaqulu Ta'ala, wa ba'athna li kul... Tayyip, what's the ayah Surah Al-Nahli, ya khuan? وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولِ لَأَنِعْبُضُ اللَّهَ وَشْتَنِبُ الطَّغُوتِ I sent. Allah Ta'ala says, and verily we, meaning Allah, we sent to every nation, every group of people, a messenger, saying, O my people, worship Allah, and Allah alone, you have no other deity that has the right to be worshipped except Allah. If it was just from the book, hey, there are many proofs you can use. And Allah Ta'ala did not send down except a messenger to his people or to their people. Allah every messenger, every people has a messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At any rate, if it was just about the book, then why did Allah Ta'ala send the messengers? Many scholars they say the fact that Allah sent one messenger to every people is a proof that the hadith al-Ahad is accepted. Some scholars say you can't accept the hadith al-Ahad, the hadith that has one narrator. The correct opinion is that even if it's only one narrator, it's still accepted because Allah sent to every group of people one messenger. If you needed more than one, why did Allah Ta'ala send one to every group of people? Someone's going to say, what about Harun? Harun wasn't sent. Musa pleaded with Allah and then Allah Ta'ala sent Harun on the bequest of Musa alayhi salatu wassalam. We'll stop there. Someone says, Salaamu Alaikum, what masjid are you at today? May Allah bless you all. Today we are at Masjid Salam. And where are we at, Juan? In Missouri. May Allah bless you all. What about Likewise, the people of the villages. If the origin of Juan is that you take your knowledge from the scholars. If we had scholars in America, then the students of knowledge wouldn't be as famous. In America, most of the students of knowledge are famous because we don't have scholars. We have students and we have big students and small students, but we don't have ulama. We don't have ulama. So we pick the students of knowledge in place of the ulama. The origin is that you take from the scholars. If you don't have a scholar, you take from someone who took from a scholar. You don't have a scholar or someone who took from a scholar, you take from someone who took from someone who took from a scholar. You dwindle your way down. If you're in a village, if you're in the village, then you take the imam of that village, the most scholarly of that village. You take the most knowledgeable of your land and you benefit from that person. Some scholars hold the point of view from the Salaf that either in the Kafi Medina or Filqari or Fi Buldan in Ma, La Yujuzulaka and Tahruja min Hadi Medina or Hadi Buldan, Illa and Akhata Kula Elmi, Men Alami. Some scholars they say, you may say this is extreme, but this is a position. That if you live in a city or a town or a country and you have someone knowledgeable in that area, you can't leave and go seek knowledge somewhere else until you have depleted all the knowledge of that person who's the most knowledgeable in your area. Once you do that, then you go somewhere else. Once you do that, you go somewhere else. At any rate, some scholars have that opinion. At any rate, other scholars say, no, it's not a condition that I have to study with this particular shaykh. I can go travel anywhere I want. At any rate, the origin is that you take from the people. You start from the highest up, the scholars, the people of knowledge. You don't have scholars, then you come down. Those who sat with the scholars. You don't have that, someone who sat with someone who sat with a scholar. Alhamdulillah. You don't have that. We have someone who sat with someone who sat with someone who sat with a scholar. 
You don't have that. You took your way down. Hold on. Seven minutes. Isn't the job of the student of knowledge, small, medium, or great student of knowledge, to in the with the technology and Zoom and all of these platforms to connect the people where there's a lack of scholars back to the scholars? That's one of their jobs. That's one of their jobs. But that's not their only job. The reason they say that because there's no proof that that's their only job. Some people think the students, all you do is translate. You grab the book and you translate. You can't answer no questions, you can't give no examples, you can't bring no shutter. But where does it say that? I believe, some people think I'm too far to the right here. I believe, my humble opinion, that asking questions is only for the scholars. Although you're going to see everybody on YouTube, everybody on Facebook, everybody on TikTok and hip hop, and all these other apps, everyone's a mufti now. Everyone's a sheikh. Everyone's answering questions, giving Islamic verdicts. Everyone. The origin of that is only for one group of people. The scholars. Where do I get this from? The statement of Allah Ta'ala. Allah mentioned it two times in the Quran. Surah Al-Anbiya wa Surah Al-Nahl. It only comes twice in the Quran. Surah Al-Anbiya, Surah Al-Nahl. Allah Ta'ala says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلِ ذِكِرِي إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Al-Ayah. Allah says, ask the people of the dhikr. Generally, the people of the dhikr, uh, specifically the people of the dhikr are who? Specifically. Specifically. Prophets. Close. That's general. Specifically. Who are the Ahlul Dhikr? Specifically. Not the angels. Ibn Abbas said the Ahlul Dhikr are the scholars of the Jews and the Christians. If you go back to the ayah and tafsir, why is Allah saying, ask the people of the dhikr in kuntun la ta'alamun? You're asking them, the scholarly of the Jews and Christians, did Allah send you a messenger? Or did Allah send you an angel? Did Allah send you a man? Or did Allah send you angels? If Allah sent you angels, then Muhammad can be a prophet. If Allah sent you men, then Muhammad can be a prophet because he's a man. That's the specific uh, meaning of the verse, according to Ibn Abbas. But generally, Ahlul Dhikr are the scholars. Specifically, Allah is talking about in, this, in these two ayat, go to the Jews and Christians and ask them, they're scholars, did Allah send you an angel as a messenger? Or did Allah send you a man as a messenger? If Allah sent you an angel, then Muhammad can be a messenger because he's a man. Did Allah send you a man? Then Muhammad can be a messenger because he's a man. But generally, Ahlul Dhikr, uh, as a Sa'adi says, are the ulama, are the people of knowledge. But he didn't say the students of knowledge. Like Ibn Abbas and Mujahid said, Ahlul Ilmi, Al Ulama, Wal Fuqaha, Wal Muhadithun. The scholars are the people of knowledge. Or the people of knowledge are the scholars and the scholars of Al Fiqh and Hadith. But nowadays, the students of knowledge began to be people of knowledge. And that's not correct. The people of knowledge are one, those who know, and those who don't know. You have the scholars, the students of knowledge, and the general people. But the students and the scholars are not the same. You have those who are seeking the knowledge, those who travel upon the earth, looking for the knowledge, sitting in the classes, going to the lectures, sitting with the ulama. And then you have the ulama, the people of knowledge. When you go back to the ayah and you look at who are the people of knowledge, you're going to see Ibn Abbas gives a tafsir. He says, Al-Ulama. 
Wal-Fuqaha, Mujahid, Sufyan al-Thawri, they all mention that the people of knowledge are the scholars. In our country, because we're so low, we pit the students, and I don't want no one to misunderstand. May Allah make us all from the students of knowledge. We're not saying that they're low. That's a tremendous uh, quality to have, to be a student of knowledge. But the scholars and the students are not the same. Although some people say they are. When you look at the Quran and Sunnah, you'll see the scholars are the ones Allah commanded us to go back to. So that's why we say, some questions you can answer, but going back to our beloved brother's question, aren't the students of knowledge job to only connect you to the scholars? The answer is no. That's from their job, but they can also teach. Allah Ta'ala says, Ud'u, an ayah, Surah Al-Nahr. The Messenger of Allah, he says, Convey what you know from me Even if it's one thing So no one can say that the student Only connects to the scholars He only translates No, but he's going to translate He's going to contact some scholars He's going to do that That's from his job, from his mas'uliyah But it's not only from his job We'll stop there, Juan We went kind of long today Because of the brother's questions, inshallah May Allah bless you all. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha la anta astaghfiruk wa atubu alayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hey, how's everything, Akhi? May Allah raise you. May Allah raise you.